Well, we're live, but wouldn't you know it? Got to adjust that YouTube camera. It's like I missed a week and all of a sudden the wheels have fallen off this entire operation. What are we going to do? We're going to listen to Rob Curry and the Curry Brothers. That's what we're going to do. And then I'll be right back. track that is link ray gun off of the fantastic ep we are the curry brothers by none other than the curry brothers pride of gravenhurst ontario mike has joined us on instagram already Whew. he was quick to the party maybe he saw the title just figured out how to put a title on an instagram live video i never really looked at the options when i started it and title is one of them oh and there's my missus too god bless Anyway, if you are not on the Instagram and you are watching this on uh, YouTube, hi Mike, by the way, uh, I assume if you're listening to it, you've already seen the title, but that's the future and it's the present and I feel like there's some sort of inspirational, motivational thing to say there, but I am going to leave that to you, dear viewer slash listener. Let's get right into this because you know what? I'm excited about this one. I'm not going to lie. This is a can I just picked up. It's a beer I have had before, full disclosure. And I'm happy to have it again. What are we drinking tonight, ladies and gentlemen, and people of other identities? This is Karma Simcoe IPA from Great Lakes Brewery. No, do not adjust your set, earphones, brain. I don't know. I didn't say Karma Citra. I said Karma Simcoe. That's right. It's like Karma Citra, but they use Simcoe instead. I don't know if it's identical other than that. I tend to think Mike probably tweaked it a little bit. I have no way to know. Actually, that's not true. I have probably the best way to know, which is I could ask. I just haven't. Uh, we're going to drink this. We're going to think about it. To be fair, I have had this beer before. I have not had it in a context where I've given it a very thorough going over. So this is the first thorough going over I'm going to give this beer, and I can't wait to do it convincing can open get that glass up for all the kids watching at home kids i hope you enjoy this one i sure as heck i'm going to let's try and make sure we get it some good head there oh oh that's oh yeah like magic like magic now there is a tiny bit left in the bottom of the can it's gonna hazify things let's see there it is i didn't want any overflow and if you're listening to the podcast i did give it a generous we'd have to say at least two and a half three centimeters of head i didn't want any overflow and i succeeded in not getting any overflow that is not it's not a hazy boy i mean it's not clear by any standards but i can make out lights and stuff through that so this is not an orange juice beer ben johnson not watching right now as best as i can tell would approve possibly possibly not i don't want to make you know decisions on his behalf but uh, this is not a super hazy boy it is just a nicely hazy boy uh karma simcoe ipa i mean if you know anything about karma citra you know i'm about to be in for hopefully 
a very good time, unless something's gone wrong with this can, which seems highly improbable. Let's stick our noses in and give it a, the one thing with the big head. I might end up with a little bit of foam on my nose. I want to apologize in advance if that happens. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, that's. Oh, that's nice. I mean, I'll tell you that right out of the gate. That's that's nice. Mm, man. OK, so uh, it's a funny old thing. I can't tell which is hitting harder, the pine or the peach. It's peachy pine town. We're going to peachy pine town. Peach and pine, not not um, aromas you would typically picture together. It's a little bit as if you were it's a little pinier, by the way, it's tending towards pine, uh, quite peachy. Uh, if you were walking through the forest and and particularly an evergreen wood, uh, not uncommon here in Ontario, easy to find yourself in a uh, in a conifer uh, dominant wood. Think mulchy, earthy ground with a lot of detritus from pine or evergreen-like trees, needles, twigs, cones, etc. Okay, very piney. And then your hiking partner sees that you're looking a little, a little less than you've got pep in your step, and they pull out a bag of fuzzy peach slices and say, hey, you want a fuzzy peach slice? That's this beer. At least as far as it smells. Now, I've succeeded in doing this without getting any foam on my nose. Thank the creator. Let's see how it tastes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hmm. It's great. That's the end of the show. I'm glad you joined me. I'll talk to you next week. I know I always joke about that, but tonight, closer than ever. Very pine forward on the, the but the, by the way, I am going to finish the episode. Don't worry. Uh, very pine forward on the, on the palate. Resinous, as I say, earthy. So you're walking in the pine forest, you're smelling the trees, but you're also smelling the ground, which has that nice, earthy, slightly damp, not quite mildewy, but like dank, earthy quality to it. To be honest with you, the way it tastes versus the way it smells is more like you had those fuzzy peach slices in the car on the way to the forest. So you've still got a little peachy thing happening, but predominantly what you're getting is a lot of pine and earthiness. Earthy, piney, a little peachy, little floral, maybe. Mm -mm -mm -mm. No. Not floral. Hang on. Yeah, no, it's, uh, the problem with a beer that's very piney, it can make disentangling the fruity things happening with the hop 
more challenging. And this is a very piney beer, which is delicious. But it's peachy and a little mangoey, I think. There's more going on than just peaches and pine. I'm just having trouble getting there. Yeah, mangoey and something else. I think it's when you get into that kind of catch-all tropical, but nothing specific. Um, there's probably something specific there. I might get to it. We'll see what happens. Uh, finish on this beer, by the way. Um, aggressive. Uh, aggressive is maybe a little too strong. Very assertively uh, hoppy, bitter finish. Uh, very assertively to the point like um, the way that like a real estate agent is very assertive and people like me might identify that person as being aggressive. They might not realize that they're being aggressive. A lot of people might not agree. This is right on the border of assertive and aggressive. It's somewhere in that region. It's bitter. It's not bone shaker bitter. It's not West Coast necessarily IPA bitter. Although I believe that stylistically this is a West Coast IPA. I'm pretty sure Karma Citra was. Which also explains its relative clarity, which is to say it's not clear, but it's clearer uh, than a lot of its uh, modern day uh, counterparts. Interesting body, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, and again, funny now thinking about this, especially having just said that I think that this is technically a West Coast IPA versus, say, a New England IPA. Oh, and actually, I just thought of something I said a little while ago on the podcast that could disprove all that. Anyway, what I was going to say is I think there's oats in here. Um, I don't think it's wheat. I think it's specifically oats. Oh, there's my little brother, Jared. Hello, Jared. Um... I don't get any weedy kind of tang in the in the malt bill. And that doesn't always happen, so I could be wrong. I do get a very clear, um, like, I, I was just to say, like, two-rowy. There's a notable barley malt taste. Uh, it's there. You gotta go looking for it, but it's there. And then this creaminess, and I don't really think I'm tasting oat, but I definitely, I'm getting the impression of oat. It's like oats there knocking at the door, wanting to be let in. No, no, oats there. It's creamy. I get that. And oats in a West Coast IPA? Is that a thing? I thought oats was mainly an East Coast thing. I wonder if, I'm not going to read the can just yet. I was going to say, I wonder if the can says anything about this. I don't actually know where they put it. It just says Karma Simcoe IPA on the can. I don't think it's supposed to be a New England. I think it's meant to be more of a West Coast style. Or, or to be fair, you might even say like a Canadian... No. Canadian's not quite the right word. Uh, anyway, I don't know. This drink's more bitter than the average New England IPA, which incidentally, going back to teasing Ben Johnson, is another reason why he would probably like this beer. This is not a dumbed-down IPA. It's pretty bitter. <laughs> if you don't like bitter things, you're not going to like this beer. This is not one of those fruity, soda poppy uh, IPAs. Mmm. It's just like a delicious, I mean, what this is, oh, that was super peachy for a second there. Hmm. This is like, um, I think, I think 
I'm pretty sure Simcoe is one of those trademarked hops from um, uh, Yakima Chief hops, y YCH, I think. I could look that up. I do have access to the internet right here. I'm going to go um, off the top of my head and say that is the, the case. I'll look it up in a minute. Um, this beer, th they could take cans of this beer uh, to people who've never used a Simcoe hop before and been like, this is what Simcoe hops tastes like, <laughs> because this is what Simcoe hops taste like. It's piney, a little stone fruity, and something else, like I say. People always say citrusy. To be honest with you guys, I don't get a ton of citrus off of Simcoe. You can get grapefruit uh, peel. There might be some grapefruit peel in the bitterness on this. I think the bitterness hints at like a uh, grapefruit peel, white grapefruit peel maybe. But I don't tend to get tons of citrus off of Simcoe, personally. I know I know people who actually I trust their palate more than I trust mine who tell me they do, and that's fine. The beautiful thing with taste, people can't tell you you're wrong. Just because you don't taste it. Wait, no, wait, not. I started that sentence out wrong. Just just because somebody else says they taste it doesn't mean you have to. Um, our sensory organs are not identical and uh, the ability to taste something that somebody else doesn't it's that's neither here nor there um, to me. Yeah, like I could buy like citrus peel at most. It's not juicy at all. It's piney and peachy mainly with this very astringent again, like I, that's where I could buy into citrus peel kind of bitterness. Um, Resiny would be more of the direction I would go, but it's there and it's dank. Like I say, think like forest floor. Beautiful. That's I really hope that isn't a, 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 a backhanded compliment in your mind. It's delightful that there's a freshness to a, a sort of damp forest floor, which is very counterintuitive. Um, it's not a bog, just to be clear. This is the forest. But there's something really nice about that earthy, slightly damp, slightly dank kind of aroma that you get. Speaking of earthy, slightly damp, slightly dank, a fruit fly just flew into my beer. Don't worry, I picked it out. We'll get there. Fun fact, I'm going to have a sip of beer. I'm going to tell you a fun fact, then we're going to get back to the beer. Do you know why a fruit fly just flew into my beer? Now... I've just been describing this beer, piney predominantly, but there is peachy qualities. And I've conceded that you could perhaps say there's some citrus peel bitterness. So you might be thinking, aha, that's because fruit flies like fruit. And in a generalized sense, you wouldn't be wrong, but you're not right. And that's not why the fruit fly flew into my beer. The fruit fly did not smell the aromas coming out of my glass of beer and think, aha, fruit, I like fruit, I'm going to fly into that. No. Fruit flies do not eat fruit. It's a bit of a misnomer. Fruit flies would more accurately be called yeast flies. They eat the naturally occurring yeast that you find on fruits, which is also why they tend to eat older fruits or fruits that are starting to go off because those yeast populations are growing. And what the fruit flies eat is the yeast off of the fruit. That is also why they will always fly into your beer and wine and also why balsamic vinegar makes such an, 
appropriate uh, fruit fly trap bait because they all smell of yeast. And so fruit flies like yeast and they fly towards yeast. That's why a fruit fly just flew into my beer. Fruit flies should be called yeast flies. If I was more creative with the titling of my podcasts, that would be the name of this episode, but it is not. It will remain Karma Citra, Great Lakes Brewery, Season 10, Episode 3. Because I like to do what it says on the can. Anyway, back to this beer. Yep, delightful. Hasn't changed. Very piney. Assertively bitter. Some peaches. Delightful. A dry, astringent, assertive, hoppy, bitter finish that I will say you could probably argue tastes of citrus peel. Um, again, I get a bit of a, a, a barley malt taste, like for sure. You can taste some nice cereal grain bar barley malt in there. And the body, it doesn't taste of oats, but I'm pretty sure that this beer has oats in it. There's a really nice, dense, creamy quality to the beer. And as I say, I think that this is a West Coast IPA. By the way, I never mentioned it. The thing that I remembered having said a couple of episodes ago that could actually hold true in this case, this could technically be a New England style IPA more modeled after either Hetty Topper or Hetty Topper's a double IPA or an Imperial, uh, like Focal Banger, which is the standard IPA. Because those beers from The Alchemist, unlike many of the beers that are modeled after that actually do have a fairly assertive hoppy bitterness to them. So this could be in Great Lakes's mind in the way that it was designed, meant to be a New England style IPA, just in the original form, not in the no bitterness whatsoever form, which is kind of what we expect of them now. They should be the consistency and clarity of orange juice with about as much bitterness. So uh, this beer does not fit that definition, but it is probably closer to the OG New England IPAs from Alchemist than most of the New England IPAs that come out. That said, drinking this, I would still kind of go, mm, I think this is more of a West Coast style. I am going to go to the can now. I will go to the internet. Let's see what we see. Oh, and by the way, just in case you didn't know, I mentioned this in whatever, Karma, Karma Citra uh, was the wildly popular, is still wildly popular Great Lakes IPA, uh, showing off the beautiful hop Citra. Um, Karma Simcoe is like they've done it now with Simcoe. So let's, uh, hello, Corey. Uh, let's uh, take a look here. It says on the can, news of any hop coming from the Yakima Valley perks the ears of IPA brewers everywhere. But in the year 2000, a game changer came along and the buzz was bigger. Well, that's when Simcoe came out. As Simcoe rolled its piney wave across the land, it became obvious to homebrewers and commercial brewers alike that this spicy little cone should become a staple, and so it did. All hail Simcoe. I mean, that's a really cute thing. It doesn't tell me anything about the beer itself. Oh, on the side. Oh, okay, so it's got water, malted barley, oats. It does have wheat. Didn't taste any wheat myself. Hops and yeast. It just calls itself an IPA. It does clock in at 6.6%, which is... On the higher side, we don't get any other information from there. Let's first of all look up and see if I'm right. Is Simcoe from Yakima Valley? No, Yakima Chief. What's YCR? It's, it's Yakima Valley hops. What did I think Chief? Anyway, it doesn't matter. I was slightly wrong, but it is a... Is it 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, well, I see it. Yakima Chief Hops. Okay, thank you. It is a trademarked. So this is one of those hops that if you want to grow it, you have to pay a licensing fee. So um, it's not like that nobody can grow it. Anybody can grow it, but you have to uh, pay the licensing fee to Yakima Chief to grow the hop, which many people do. Thank the creator because it's a great hop. Now let's just take a look up Karma Simcoe. Let's just take a boo at that. Great Lakes Brewery uh, says the style is American IPA. That's, I think, you know what? I think that's as fair as anything. I can't, I can't argue with that. It's, it's neither. It's, it's an American IPA. That's fine. I realize that that's a generalization as opposed to not being a British IPA. And within American IPA, it could be a West Coast. It could be a New England. But... We'll just stick with American IPA, especially if it has wheat in it. That's that's fair. And it actually, yeah, water, malted barley, oats, wheat, hops, yeast, fair. OK, well, let's agree. Mystery solved there. It's an American IPA and and we can work with that. I mean, to be fair, it's a Canadian IPA. It's made right here in Ontario. There was, of course, the um, it, let's call it infamous uh, Ontario pale ale uh, that was all the rage about mm, 13 years ago. Uh, this was a pale ale that clocked in around 5%, featured a lot, let's say, of <laughs> crystal malt uh, and almost always Cascade and Centennial uh, hops. And uh, they all pretty much tasted the same and kind of un uninteresting. So I was going to say it's an Ontario IPA, but that could sound derogatory. And I mean no derision. This beer is a real banger. Mmm. It's funny, you know how I often talk about how bitterness builds with hops? And uh, so uh, a beer that sometimes uh, starts not super hoppy uh, like in terms of physical bitterness, the feeling on your cheeks, it can kind of grow. I, I haven't actually discussed this in, in this context, but it's doing an interesting thing here where it's doing that. But what it's actually kind of doing is exhausting my mouth's capacity to like process new bitterness. So it's like it kind of peaked out the bitterness in my mouth. And all of a sudden now I'm actually tasting more of the underlying flavors does that make sense and and so in this context it's the aromas right so the bitterness is the feeling in my mouth and there's a little bit of sweetness as well um there's not much acidity to speak of uh, in terms of taste uh obviously again this is definitely in the lower than seven ph um but the 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 peach quality is actually becoming more nuanced like like, I'd say it's almost a slightly underripe peach now. And that dank, earthy forest floor quality has a sort of spiciness to it that I can't quite quantify. Um, almost as if, like, that forest that I'm walking through also has maybe some lavender and rosemary growing in it. If you can picture that. Two notably resinous somewhat spicy 
a little floral. Remember earlier I said floral? It might be rosemary, actually. I could buy some rosemary in there for sure. And again, that very assertive hoppy finish, it's still there. And it, for lack of a better thing, yeah, let's equate it to a, uh, a citrus peel. But again, like I don't get any of the brightness that you would typically associate with citrus based hoppy flavors. Which again, a lot of people get off Simcoe. And I just tend not to. I always assume if I get a beer that has Simcoe in it, that has a lot of citrusy quality, that it also has Citra or Cascade or something that has a notable citrusy hop to it. Because um, I just I tend to find Simcoe to be much more earthy, piney a and peachy, like you get stone fruit out of it. But you don't tend to get, for me, citrus. But hey, your mileage may vary. Anyway, this is delicious. By the way, if you're just joining us, I've been going on for a long time about this beer. It's always a mark of if I'm enjoying myself drinking the beer. This is Karma Simcoe from Great Lakes Brewery. I purchased it at the LCBO. Guarantee you they'll have it at the brewery. Gosh, you know what's funny? It just occurs to me. I'm on holiday right now. Maybe I should go down. I've never been to the brew pub location in Queens Key, and it's been open for a while. Maybe I should go down. Hmm. It's food for thought. It's food for thought. Uh, I digress. Uh, it would probably be there, too, having never been. I don't know, but I assume so. I'm going to go with yes. Uh, but you can get it at the LCBO. And of course, they do do ordering online. You could order some and have it shipped anywhere in Ontario. I say that I need to add an I think on that. I want to have a sip of beer, though. Look it up. You'll figure it out. It's not hard. Use the Internet. Uh, and if you're old and don't know how to use the Internet, that's fine. Just go to the LCBO like a normal person and ask for Karma Simcoe and Karma Citra. Although I don't know the last time they made it. If they have Karma Simcoe Citra. If they have Karma Citra. It might be old. I don't know. Check the date codes. This one's date code. It's on. Where is it? There it is. This was packaged on March the 21st, 2003. March. Okay, so it's it's a little under a month old. That's not bad. We can work with that. With a very hop forward beer like this, yes, the alpha acids in the hop help to preserve the overall beer, but a lot of those really dynamic aromatics are the first things to go. Um, and so you start to lose those aroma qualities that are, you know, really what you're here for. You're here for the aroma mostly. Uh, although it does have a very assertive, as noted, almost aggressive hoppy bitterness mm. what are you gonna eat with this this is a classic i mean this one hmm, well i'm just worrying a little bit about those rosemary notes but this is the one you're gonna have with your real spicy curry or like like roti that'd be nice and so when I say roti, I don't mean the bread itself. I mean like uh, if you're getting it from a Caribbean joint so it's like a chickpea uh, a spice cupboard, spicy chickpea curry. It also can have some um, picante qualities, like some hot qualities, but it's just a nicely spiced. There's often allspice in there because a lot of <laughs> West Indian cooking has a lot of allspice in it. Plus them. It's delicious. Um, chickpea curry, yellow sauce in a roti uh, bread. And, and oh, that'd be that'd be pretty special. Not going to lie. Actually, to be fair, you know what? 
let's just take that a step further. This is going to go good with a lot of like West Indian cuisine because that piney um, stringent quality is going to keep up with a lot of the spicing. Like literally just this moment, as I was saying that I started, um, can you re remember tastes in a way that you taste them? Like if you think about a taste, can you kind of actively taste it in your olfactory area? Cause I do. And, uh, I don't know if that's a normal thing or not, but literally I, uh, I was thinking about, uh, uh, a scotch bonnet sauce. So like a spicy Caribbean hot sauce with scotch bonnets very specifically. And literally the first thing I thought was, wow, that would work really well with this Simcoe hop because scotch bonnets have this, well, distinctive to be sure the, there's a fleshy peppery fleshy is totally the wrong word. It does not taste like animal flesh at all. The peppers have this very pepper fleshy kind of, it's almost like a, like a red pepper, but not sweet. So all the savory components of a red pepper without much sweetness dialed up a bit. And then also with a lot of heat, uh, is how I would describe a scotch bonnet. And I feel like that piney. So the, um, the astringency is going to deal with the heat really nicely. And that piney, slightly dank, earthy thing is going to work really well with that pepper quality, like right away in my head. First thing. So anything you're going to put like a, a West Indian scotch bonnet style hot sauce on um, chicken, fish, a rice dish, any of that really good. Again, those West Indian spices that they typically reach for. You know, you get, I mean, obviously black pepper, uh, but you get allspice and sometimes cinnamon in like places where you wouldn't necessarily expect it. Those spices, those aren't necessarily the spices you get in this beer, but this beer does have this spicy quality. Again, that rosemary, resiny, dank kind of thing. I think they're going to have really good interplay. This beer, I think, is made for West Indian food. I'm just going to. We'll just leave it at that. So you don't have to worry, you know, jerk chicken, get on board, do it up. You know, a nice piece of grilled fish, especially my beloved mahi mahi with like a citrusy gingery uh, glaze on it. Yeah, really good with this. Guaranteed, um, you know, cheeses. You want to get into cheeses? Sure. It's going to hold up anything where you're going to put a big IPA. This is going to do fine. Dank cheddars. Definitely big, you know, Dutch things like, uh, like Beamsters, it's going to keep up with all those, but really I, I think this beer is like custom designed almost for West Indian food. Now I realize a lot of people will drink like a, a red stripe or like, let's say Kingfisher. Kingfisher is Indian, I think, isn't it? But you do see it in a lot of West Indian joints. Um, well, completely differently, like a, a, a yellow label Guinness, like a Guinness export. But, uh, but this beer from a culinary point of view with West Indian food is going to be just off the chain. I think, what do I know? Well, hopefully enough that you keep listening to the podcast. Um, anyway, as noted, this is Karma Simcoe IPA, an American IPA from our friends at Great Lakes. It is, have I made clear that this is a really, 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 really good beer? Beautiful weight to the body, very assertive hoppiness, super interesting flavor, malt characteristics that you get. A lot of the times when I'm 
deconstructing an IPA, I'll talk about malt characteristics, but I'm also aware, and I'm like, I'm not trying to be a douchebag here, but like, I, I do tastings like this a lot. And I worry that a lot of the time I'm talking about things that a lot of people are going to be like, mm, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't taste that at all. I don't think that this malt character is, is hidden. You don't have to go looking, looking for it. It's there. Uh, I know. I think I said you have to go looking for it. You have to kind of get past the very piney, evergreen, resinous quality and then all those peaches. But once you do, it's there. It's there for it. Mmm. It's funny, though, too. So very assertive, hoppy finish, but it doesn't linger. Like, my mouth doesn't feel squeaky right now. Um, I, I have no idea what the IBU is on this. I also don't trust IBU when they put it because that's the recipe calculated IBU, which is not necessarily often not lab tested to say that is actually the uh, the, the, the concentration of alpha acid. But OK, so it is what did we say? Six point six percent or something like that. It's going to be high, like it's probably in the 50s, maybe in the 60s, um, but it's not super high. Like, again, I was talking about it was building. It was giving me this sense where I could taste more of the nuance underneath the hop um, bitterness, but it hasn't built to a point where, well, the classic is drink four Guinness and call me, not four Guinness, no, drink four Guinness and call me in the morning. I want to hear about your night. So say drink four bone shakers and call me in the morning and tell me what your breath is like and tell me how your mouth feels before you brush your teeth. Your mouth is going to feel like you were chewing on hop cones. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case with this beer. I don't think it's building that level of alpha acid bitterness in my mouth. Um, so it's very hoppy without being, well, too hoppy. And what does that mean? It's exceptionally well executed, like any hoppier and maybe it would be any less and maybe it wouldn't be as interesting surprise surprise great lakes known for being really good at making ipas made a really good ipa mm. and you you should drink it i'm gonna have another sip i just had a very dramatic sip there i want to have a sip I'm not gonna talk events because i don't have any off the top of my head but we got a few things to address got an apology Got a couple of shout outs, some good, some bad. Mm, 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 mm. Okay. Man, that beer's good. You should buy it. Like, legit. LCBO, right now. That's where I bought it. But that's neither here nor there. What we have to do first is an apology. I should have done this right off the top. I alluded to it. Sorry, I forgot about doing an episode last week. Let me explain by way of apology, what happened. Um, you see, Monday, which was a week ago today, when I typically record my podcast, um, the it was finals day at the surf competition at Bells Beach in Australia. This is a World Surf League event, championship tour, CT uh, event. It, it's the big show. And uh, I really wanted to watch it. And the way the time difference works, the finals run from like around 5 p.m. Eastern time through till it depends, but sometime between midnight and about 3 a.m. Um, I did end up bailing. I didn't actually see the final. I watched the final the, the next day. Um, the the main surfer who I really wanted to see surf uh, was eliminated in the semis. So 
I tried, but I fell asleep in the second semi and I got up and went to bed. But uh, basically, I decided to put the podcast on hold for the night because I wanted to watch Bells. Um, and then on Tuesday, I forgot. So I'm sorry. But I'm back. And uh, I think it was Jacko Robinson won... One, good for him, local Australian boy. The final was all Australian in the men's, in the women's. Who did win now? That also happened when I was kind of coming in and out of sleep. Anyway, it was a fantastic event. The waves sucked on finals. They they didn't suck. They were just small. Bells can really spit, and they had to go over. Main break can get really big. They had to go to a secondary break called Winky Pop, which is an adorable name for a break, Winky Pop. Uh, Anyway... Waves are small. You got to work to get scores. A bunch of surfers did, but uh, it just it wasn't like a super inspiring night. But I had a fun time and I am sorry it made me miss the podcast. Quick aside, uh, also in Australia, the Margaret River Pro uh, window opens on the 20th, which is in three days. It's not inconceivable that Monday might be Finals Day, and it's the same time zone. So uh, keep your eye on the Instagram feed to see if I'm randomly canceling the show to watch surfing instead, because that does happen. Uh, That's my apology, and I am, you know, genuinely sorry, because I know people do actually listen to this and enjoy it. So my apologies. Mm-mm-mm. Two things. Two things. And it's it's hard to reconcile these two pieces of news because they're about the same, not just brewery, but specific beer. So hard to reconcile these, but I'm going to try and uh, and split this hair, which sounds challenging. Um... Have you heard of this beer? Uh, it's popular uh, here. It's popular around the world, let's be honest. Um, it's uh, it's Budweiser's light beer, often simply referred to as Bud Light. Have you heard of this beer? Have you come across this beer? This is, a, like I say, a very popular beer. Um, it's not a particularly interesting beer. Uh, it's, in fact, sort of the quintessential uh, macro light lager. That said, if what you're looking for in an American light lager, it's pretty normal. Uh, not exceptional, but pretty normal uh, for the American light lager market, which is to say it tastes lightly of cereal grains, a uh, certain amount of sweetness, minimal hot bitterness, no, nothing on the finish. Like, ideally, ideally you kind of forgot that you just had something to drink after you drank it. Um, it's fizzy and yellow. The fizzy and yellow are its two probably most outstanding attributes. Um, and wet. Let's go with three. It's fizzy, yellow, and wet. That that would be the three things I would adjectives I would use to describe it. Mm. Unlike this Karma Simcoe, which is piney and peachy and bitter. Uh, fizzy, yellow, and wet. But of course, Bud Light who I very rarely offer any sort of personal support to. Uh, well, they went and, and kicked the old hornet's nest when I, I, I'm not even 100% sure on this news story. Like, I kind of got it third hand, and I kind of got more of the story on the outrage than the story itself. Um, but 
if I understand the story right, I believe they contracted uh, an Instagram influencer who is transgendered uh, to promote their beer. Now, I don't, I, I don't believe they made any ads. I think they just paid the Instagram influencer the way that you do in the, these modern days where advertising means nothing. Um, to to do sponsored posts on uh, their feed. I say there because I know so little about the story, I can't tell you what this transgendered person's gender is. So we'll go with a they, them. Uh, anyway, they were um, brought on board to the Bud Light brand uh, to, um, to hawk, as I say, beer that can be best described as wet, cold, and yellow. No, what did I say? Wet, fizzy, and yellow. Also cold, ideally. You want that beer to be as cold as possible. Uh, just off freezing, possibly with some ice crystals. That's about optimum. Uh, but I digress. Um, on the face of it, that as a news story to me would be... Like, I, I did miss it. <laughs> what I didn't miss was the blowback, which was a whole lot of transphobic people who used to like Bud Light but are pouring it out uh, in favor of, I don't know, like a more transphobic beer. I don't think anyone countered by coming out and saying, you know, like, only women get periods or something like that. Hey, we're PBR and only women get periods. I don't think anyone did that. Uh, PBR certainly didn't. I just want to put that out there right now. I'm not trying to slander PBR. <laughs> Never thought I'd have to clarify that in a podcast. Um, anyway, as expected, like Kid Rock, I think, um, um, said that he, he won't play any venue that serves Bud Light, which, I mean, my first thought was I didn't realize Kid Rock was still touring or alive, actually. Like, if you told me he was dead, I would have gone, well, that seems to fit. Um, but apparently he is still alive and drawing crowds enough that pulling his support for Bud Light made the news. So that's something. Anyway, I don't really care whether or not Bud Light um, contracts transgendered Instagram influencers. Um, as I've hopefully already made clear, Bud Light is not a particularly interesting beer. Uh, to me, furthermore, their parent company, Anheuser-Busch InBev, um, actively uses their um, insanely deep pockets and immense political clout to uh, try and put my friend's businesses out of business. Um, so while I think it's fine that they hired a transgendered person to hawk their wares. Um, I, I and, and I find it hilarious that a lot of transphobic people who once liked the brand now don't like the brand. Um, I don't really have a, a horse in this game. Actually, I kind of do. The horse in this game is that's a company that is trying to put my friends out of business, so I don't really care about them one way or the other. And if bad things happen to them, up to and including a bunch of transphobic people stopping buying their beer, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Like, I'm just eating my popcorn, like uh, the old Michael Jackson uh, meme. Uh, so that's that story. Um, by the way, if you want to uh, support trans rights uh, and also drink good quality beer, there are a number of uh, uh, products, not least which, of course, would be beer is for everybody. Um, uh, that, that whole initiative. Uh, but there are plenty of trans-friendly breweries who make beers where portions of the proceeds go to uh, charitable organizations that help to work with marginalized trans youth. 
trans teenagers have one of the highest rates of homelessness because they often get kicked out of their homes and have nowhere to go. They have one of the highest rates of teen suicide. It's awful. Being a trans teenager is like, it's the kind of thing that makes you think that no person would choose to be trans, like say, just to be good at sports because they're, they were biologically assigned male at birth, but want to identify as female. Like that's bullshit and stupid. And if that's where your mind is in this conversation, actually, you probably need to listen to some different podcasts that deal with this on a much more foundational level. But if you're still along with me for the ride here, uh, there are plenty of ways to drink beers that um, are inclusive and supportive of trans people. And let's be honest, aren't even doing it in a performative or somewhat. Um, uh, well, it's kind of gross, really, that level of Instagram influencing marketing. You're really sort of like, I mean, in a very literal sense, objectifying the person into a, a number uh, that, that you're willing to pay them. Anyway, it's messed up. Uh, this is to say, if you want to support breweries that support trans people, like a bunch of your local breweries do so uh, and ask them about it. And, and if they don't have a good answer, then go to a different one, because there are ones that absolutely do have solid answers, uh, what they're doing to uh, provide both a secure and safe space for people of any uh, gender expression to enjoy their products, and also ways that they're staying active in their community to uh, support um, groups working to improve the lives of uh, anybody, LGBTQ2S, etc. Uh, easy, easy to find. Google exists. Um, so uh, that's, 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 neither here nor there on that. It's easy to deal with. You don't need to drink Bud Light, uh, which funny enough is the other uh, news story, which is like a week old now. So it's not even a thing anymore, I don't think. But I need a sip of beer to deal with this one. Around the same time that this news about the outrage over the trans influencer uh, Bud Light debacle uh, broke, <clears throat> I would say a local craft brewery. They're not really local to me, but they are Southern Ontario. So local enough. Um, Rhythm and Brews uh, announced on their social medias that uh, socials media medias social. I don't know how you pluralize that social medias, social medias, um, social media. I anyway, that <laughs> um, they were starting to serve Bud Light in their brewery, their craft brewery, their independently owned small craft brewery. They were starting to serve Bud Light in their independently owned small craft brewery. Now, I don't like to mention Ben Johnson more than four times in an episode, so we're right at my working limit here. He really beat the hell out of that dead horse, um, much to my humor. Um, and even though I am like a week late, like, you know, I'm an old man. Um, I don't understand the internet. I talk about things a week after they happened, but stick with me. I just wanted to add my own opinion on this. Um, I made one quick throwaway comment in general. So just to plant my flag on this one. And funny enough, you might already know where I'm going with this one. Um, oh, and by the way, sorry, I forgot to mention this. It had nothing to do with supporting trans people or trans rights. It was because they often have live music, Rhythm and Brews, that's sort of the point of their name, um, and they often get asked, like, for a Bud Light. Like, people will order a Bud Light. 
And because they're a craft brewery who only serves their own beers, they would have to tell people, I'm sorry, we don't have Bud Light. We, we make our beer here, and th this is what we have on offer. So rather than making a decent, locally produced, supporting local businesses, uh, light beer, which I would just like to remind you briefly, a number of breweries in Ontario have successfully done. They decided to just bring in Bud Light, which from a legal point of view, they're totally welcome to do. It's fine. They're a, a bar as far as the AGCO is concerned and can bring in beer and sell it and do whatever. Sorry, I need another sip of this delicious beer because the story is weighing down the taste in my mouth and I needed to refresh it with something delicious. Anyway, they chose to bring in Bud Light, which, as noted in the previous story, is a company that is actively trying to put businesses like them out of business. And when I say that, I didn't get specific, but like to be specific, there are bars. I mean, there are bars in Toronto that I know the owners that have had this conversation. I will say full disclosure. I've had this type of conversation at Castro's Lounge with potential uh, uh, brewery reps. I have not had this conversation. I've never because I've never gotten far enough down the line with an AB InBev rep for them to start stating their demands for me to buy their beer because top secret. The answer was no from the word go. But I am aware of bars where like, and I, by aware, I've talked to the people who had these conversations where the, the rep from AB InBev will say, look, we're, what we're going to do is we're going to put on, we'll put on some craft beers because we have craft beers. You can have Goose Island. That's a craft beer, man. They have some others. Mill Street. You can put Mill Street on. That's a, that's a craft beer made here in Toronto. Cool? Yeah, we can supply that. And what's better is we can supply that and we're going to give you, and they always open high, like four for one, which by the way, doesn't sound high, but four for one is high in the uh, pay to play game of brewing. They'll say, we'll give you every four kegs you buy, we'll give you one for free. Uh, and you could talk them down, right? Um, I have, after having said no to, um, actually in this case, it was a Molson, Molson Coors uh, rep. They got down to offering us a two for one uh, keg deal, which is every two kegs of Canadian we bought, they'd give us one for free. And I said, well, that wouldn't do us much good because we would never sell it. But I digress. Um, they'll offer you this keg deal and you're going, oh man, ka-ching, I'm going to be raking it in. I'm going to be earning money hand over fist. And then they'll say, but, and depending on where you are geographically, maybe you're out in Etobicoke and they'll say, we'll give you that deal, but those two Great Lakes taps got to go. You can't sell their beer anymore. Or if you're in like London, they might say those Forked River taps, they got to go. Or those Storm State taps, they got to go. Whatever, you know, your local brewery, you're in Ottawa, they go, those Bose taps are out. They will say, we'll give you this amazing, sweet deal that's going to make you a ton of money, but you got to stop selling this brewery who's in competition with us, who, by the way, isn't in competition with them. They're so tiny, they're like a rounding error 
in the world of AB InBev. But those reps are so petty and so aggressive, they will actively tell you that you have to remove Brewery X from your your uh, your draft list. In fact, in the case of Rhythm and Brews, which I don't even know where they are, somewhere in Southwest Ontario, I don't know if they're a big enough deal, but it wouldn't be inconceivable that even though they're buying Bud Light in and selling it over the counter, a bar down the road might get offered a keg deal on the grounds that they never serve that beer. Like that's the level of, of awfulness that those reps deal with. So for a craft brewer, to choose to bring that beer into their brewery and sell it. And by the way, like it's not just AB InBev, it's pretty much every major international brewery. It's messed up. It's like weirdly Stockholm syndrome-y. And they were just saying, oh no, you don't understand. We're just trying to be good hosts. This is what the people who come here ask for. And it's like, Okay, cool. If the people who came there asked you to drink poison, would you? <laughs> like, the person comes in and says, oh, I want a beer and I want you to punch yourself directly in the face. If if a hundred people came in and asked you to do that, Rhythm and Brews, would you? Because that's kind of what you're doing by stocking a product from a company that is actively trying to put you out of business. Just saying. It's insane. In fact, my one little throwaway comment was, this is so stupid, it's almost funny, but not quite. Not quite, Rhythm and Brews. You screwed up. That's insane. And sure, you can run your business however you want. And if you want to give money to a business that wants to put you out of business, that's your prerogative. I just hope they put you out of business sooner than later. Anyway, I tend not to like to end on a negative note, so I will remind you tonight we are drinking... Karma Simcoe from Great Lakes Brewery. Incidentally, a brewery where you cannot buy Bud Light, even though they seem to be trans accepting at least, if not pro-trans, who knows? I don't know. I got another Karma Simcoe in my fridge. I'm going to drink and let's let this all rinse out. I didn't realize how amped up I was going to get about that Rhythm and Brews thing. It's been like fermenting in my brain for a week and it just... Have you ever seen a fermenter explode? If you want to see something kind of tragic and also kind of hilarious, just search on YouTube, brewery fermenter explode. Like, there won't be people getting injured. They don't quite explode that violently. They tend to rupture or a pressure valve. One uh, blocks and the other one finally goes. And what you get is just a jet of foam spewing everywhere. That's what just happened to that Bud Light story in my head. Um, apparently, the pressure release valve uh, got blocked, and uh, the whole thing just exploded out. Anyway, Rhythm and Brews, hit me up. I won't review your beer. Um, you can offer. I'll say no thank you. Uh, <laughs> Great Lakes. I hope you like the free advertising. This is Karma Simcoe. It's an amazing IPA. And uh, you can buy it at the LCBO and the brewery. That's me this week. I hope you had a good time. I kind of had fun, too. I will talk at you next Monday with another beer. It'll be delicious. Hopefully we don't have to have another one of these conversations. I mean, I did have fun, but I don't like having them. I don't think we need to. We need to support trans people, and we need to not support companies that are actively trying to put our friends out of business.
Can we do those two things at once? Can we juggle those balls without dropping them? I hope so. I'm trying. I don't get it right all the time, but I hope I got it right tonight. Friends, that's it. This is the Toronto Beer Podcast. I hope you have a great night. Check out what my buddy Rob Curry is saying. Link is, as always, in the description. Have a good night. Bye. (laughs) Bye.